Miracles, signs, and wonders. We've been spending some time reacquainting ourselves, a lot of us, with the miracles that are found in the Old and the New Testament. And this morning we continue this journey as well as we seek to understand how God's power is shown in this world, and not only in the past and the present, but in the days to come. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Recall a miracle is a supernatural manifestation of the power of God that transcends ordinary laws of nature. That God is able to do the impossible. And that God, at least in the New Testament era, visibly shown that he would use this as well, allowing certain messengers of his to show them as well. We open the scriptures this morning to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, as we read another miracle that Jesus performed. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. Somebody have a page number in the Pew Bible? 1538, thank you. 1538. 1538. This passage just before, uh, Jesus said this, uh, Elijah and Moses uh, epiphany. And, and Peter, James, John, they were with Jesus and just saw this like wow thing. Uh, got Jesus displaying his glory uh, this, on this Mount of Transfiguration. So we're, at, so we're at this like high moment. Some of us can recall in our lives, sometimes you, you go have a, have a time in your life where like you're, you're having this spiritual high. That's what the disciples are just coming off of. And then this story comes. When they came down to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by the spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that they said, he's dead. 
But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can only come out by prayer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want you to fill in the blank. How much longer do I have to put up with, just keep it private right now, how much longer do I have to put up with? Well, you could fill in that blank with a lot of things. Some of you might be thinking, my spouse. Oh, there might be an irritating habit that your spouse has. Um, something that hasn't bothered you initially, but now after years and years of living together, it's kind of getting under your skin. And you kind of say to him or her, how much longer do I got to put up with this? Would you just get over it already? How much longer? Whether it's snoring or just a, a habit or the way they, they act sometimes in public. How much longer do I have to put up with this? My most recent encounter of that was with well, one of my grandchildren. Uh, the three-year-old now. So, you know, the, two, the terrible twos are supposed to be gone, right? Yeah, they were supposed to be, I thought. And I volunteered to take her and her, her brother for a stroll ride through the neighborhood. What I didn't know was that her, her mother had a planned route that they always take exactly every day. Like, I'm talking exactly they didn't tell me about that. She didn't tell me about that. So I get him in the stroller. I'm going for a walk. And I asked my, my granddaughter, which way shall we turn? She knew right away. Left, right, left. So I'm turning right, left, right, and turning this way. She goes, no, not that way, this way. Okay, yep, good, fine. And then I'm still on the side of the road because it's a subdivision where no cars, where she goes, Grandpa, you've got to go to the sidewalk right now. Why? That's the path. Okay, fine. Go up on the path. Oh, and then she goes, now we got to turn right and then left and then left and then right. And I said, well, I'm getting a little far away from home now. I'm not sure where I'm going. And she started bawling. <laughs> now I got little brother sitting here. And he, he's supposed to get that way because he's two. And I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. Everything's all right. No, we have to go this way. Do it now. And she said that a few times and. She starts just screaming at the top of her lungs. And people are now going by in the car like, what is that guy doing to this kid, right? <laughs> she won't, seriously, she won't stop screaming at the top of her lungs. And then, of course, I asked the question I shouldn't have asked, who's in charge? <laughs> you know what she told me. Then she demanded to get out of the stroller which I took her out of the stroller, still screaming at the top of her lungs, went to the front of the stroller, put both hands on it. We're not going anyplace. And she walked with me the whole half mile home and went inside and told on me. <laughs> and I thought to myself, she's not two anymore, right? How much longer am I going to have to put up with that? Well, then I talk with some parents who still have children at home. 
whether they're two or three or 16 or 25, you're finding out you still have to put up with it, right, from time to time. How much longer do I have to put up with? It could be a, a spouse, could be a child, could be an irritating situation like this thing called COVID. How much longer do we have to put up with that? How much longer do I have to put up with my boss or with my employee? Just how much longer? You see, it takes patience, right? When you have to put up with someone or something, it takes a great deal of patience. In our passage this morning in verse 19, Jesus says to an unbelieving generation, how much longer do I have to put up with who? You. How much longer do I have to put up? I've been around now for a while, and now I'm, I, and I'm just wondering how much more must I say? How much more must I do so that I don't have to put up with you anymore? This, this, this state of unbelief that you're in. Some of you still rejecting me. As who I am as Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man. How much longer do I have to still put up with you? What more must I do? When I dwelt on this a few moments in these past few weeks, I would just first of all say, well, thank God Jesus has patience with people, right? Jesus had a lot of patience with his disciples. He had a lot of patience with the crowd. He had a lot of patience with the Pharisees. Sometimes on a given day, he would... Not lose it necessarily, but gave them a piece of his mind for how they were behaving. But thank God that Jesus had patience with them. And we should all thank God this morning that Jesus has patience with us as well. And I would imagine from time to time in, in how we respond to him or how we live or when we question things of what Jesus is doing in our lives, Jesus more than likely is saying, well, how much longer do I have to put up with that? We should be growing in our faith. How much longer do I have to put up with you? It's interesting. In 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it explains us at least in part that God has patience with everyone because he wants everyone to come to repentance. And for those of us here this morning or listening online who still have not come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, you can praise God this morning that he's having patience with you. That he's still giving you an opportunity to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. How much longer do I have to put up with you? In verses 21 to 24, there's this conversation that begins uh, with a boy's father. Um, and he simply says, if you can... Could you do something, Jesus, about the situation that I'm in with my son? If, I, if you can, would you do something? Recall now the disciples had tried and they failed. And they were given the power to do it. But in this case, in fact, we read earlier in different gospels as well, they were able to cast out demons. But in this particular case, they weren't able to do it. Um, and they probably had some concerns about that as well. And so now he, he goes to the rabbi, to their leader, and says, Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us. What this simply is, 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 is faith and doubt kind of meeting together. And, and we know exactly what, what that's like. Now, there are some times in our lives as Christians where like, our faith is in good order. 
We're not doubting God. We're, 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 we're trusting what he says. We go forward and, and, and we experience the goodness of God in our lives. And other times when things aren't going the way we think they should go, and, and sometimes when we wonder if Jesus isn't doing what we think he should be doing for us, our faith can be laced with doubt, just like this father. That whole dynamic of if you can do something, could you please do something? You might be able to, he says, but I kind of doubt it because your disciples couldn't do anything either. Faith laced with doubt. I wonder how many times when you pray, when you pray to Jesus, knowing who you're praying to, I wonder how many times you pray when your faith becomes laced with doubt as well. You know what I'm talking about, whether or uh, you have something that needs to be fixed in your life, a relationship, a marriage, a relationship with your child, whether it's some kind of healing that you're asking God for on behalf of a friend, a family member, or yourself. When it comes to maybe a financial situation, um, when it comes to the anxiety, the stress, and the depression that you're experiencing, when you want to get out of the situation that you're in uh, and to be freed from it, you go to Jesus and you pray and say, Lord, would you set me free of this? I want it out of my life. No, I believe you can do something about it. But sometimes when we pray and it doesn't happen, and we pray again, and it doesn't happen, we begin to have our faith become laced with doubt. Believing that Jesus is, is able, but then in the back of our minds thinking, I don't know why I'm praying about this anyway, because Jesus isn't going to do anything about it. He hasn't in the past. Why would he now? If you can, kind of prayers to Jesus. If you can do something, Jesus, would you help me? Would you help us as a family get out of this situation? Questioning, you see, that's that if thing, questioning if Jesus really is able and willing to step in and to help us. If you can, Jesus, if you can. Did you notice how Jesus responds? He says, if you can. <laughs> if I can. Have you forgotten who you're talking to? If I can. At his issue here is not if I can, because I can, I'm able, I have the power to do whatever you ask. Remember who I am. No, that issue here is not whether I can do what you're asking. The issue is, do you believe that I can do what you're asking? See the difference? You dare question my power? Jesus comes back and he says, I question your faith in my power. He said, let's set the record straight. Everything is possible for him who believes. For the one who believes, everything is possible. The question is, do you believe that I can? Or do you have doubts filling your mind that it might not happen or will not happen because you may not have the ability? You question my ability, I question your faith. Because it appears that your faith is laced with doubt. The real question is, do you believe? When you pray, when you ask Jesus to do something for you, do you really believe that he not only can, but that he will? Notice how the Father responds in verse 24. He says, I do believe, help me overcome my 
belief. And with that, Jesus performs this miracle. He, he, he removes that evil spirit. He commands that evil spirit to be removed from his son, never to go back at him again. So that, why were miracles given? These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing in him, you may have life in his name. To grow their faith. I want to make sure we're listening this morning because we at times, all of us have faith issues. We have faith problems. We ask in faith, but not always so assured when we ask that God is going to act on our behalf. And when he doesn't act on our behalf over the times that we ask, we often can go more and more into that sphere of doubt and maybe even stop asking and stop believing. Jesus is simply reminding us this morning, we've got to stop questioning his ability when you pray. Stop questioning it, because as the passage says, with God, all things are possible. Set no limits on what God is able to do. We have a no limits God. There is nothing that God cannot do. Absolutely nothing. God's power is unlimited in scope. Remember one of those big theological terms? Our God is omnipotent. Our God is almighty. Or as the Old Testament would say, our God is the El Shaddai, the all-powerful God. Nothing you bring to my attention is beyond my ability to do. I am the God of the impossible. You can just kind of hear Jesus saying this morning, how many more times must you hear about me before you believe that I can do that? Or how many more times must you see my power at work in your life or in the life of those around you in order for you to believe without doubt that I'm able to do what I said I can do. Stop doubting and believe. And all of us really need to say, and I'll say it again this morning, we do believe, Lord, help us overcome our unbelief. That same response that the Father gave. We do believe. Forgive me when, I, when my faith is laced with doubt when I request something. I'm willing to receive from your hand whatever. That doesn't mean every time you pray to God, he's going to give you what you're asking for. But you still pray believing that he is able. And then, of course, if it's according to God's plan and pleasure for your life and purpose for your life, he'll give it to you. Or he may not, as with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, where he asked God because he believed God had the, the ability to take away his thorn. To Paul at this time, he said, no, this is something you're going to carry for life. You won't understand it. Don't let it affect your faith. I have sustaining grace for you. It's going to stay with you, but I'll be with you. I'll still be with you. We do believe, Lord, help us overcome our unbelief. Did you notice this isn't, this isn't where the passage ended? Uh, afterwards, there's, there's a uh, small group gathering. Jesus and the disciples are beginning to talk about what just happened in this event. And um, well, the disciples are still scratching their heads saying, boy, Jesus, you know, up to this point, we've done pretty good with casting out evil spirits and demons. But this time didn't seem to happen. What happened? Why couldn't we do it? And maybe you've heard before some people say something like maybe to you and maybe somebody said it recently. They might say something like, just believe, just believe, just believe. Just 
believe that God is going to act on your behalf. Point being, that's all you have to do is believe and God will answer your prayer. Jesus kind of sets the record straight, doesn't he? When he says, listen, this, this, this thing could only come up by prayer. Oh, wait a minute. So there's something more than just believing. Do you see how they go hand in hand? You need to believe that I can do it. But you also need to pray about it. This thing called intercessory prayer. Just believe? Yes, believing is good, but you need to pray as well. You see what the disciples failed to do was to pray, it seems, in this situation. They knew they had the power to perform a miracle, but maybe they were basing their power only on what they could do. And Jesus, in essence, is saying, listen, you have the power to do and to cast out this demon, but you needed to pray because all healing and all acts of kindness and, and all miracles that are performed, you rely on God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. We're going to hear more about that next week where the Holy Spirit equips us and the like to do that kind of work. He says, listen, believing is important, but you forgot to pray. Rely on God because God is the only one in the end who heals. Believe it and pray about it. Never underestimate the power of intercessory prayer. You believe what you pray for, and then you pray about it as well. They go hand in hand. Uh, two verses uh, from the scriptures that reminded me of this. First of all, James 5, verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The disciples should have prayed as God used them to cast out demons. And another one, the same one from James 1. He says, but when you pray, you must, belie you must believe and not doubt. Here it comes back again. When you pray, you believe, not doubting that God is able to do what he says he is able to do. How much longer? I'm going to just come back to that because that, that question's been ringing through my mind all week. How much longer, Jesus says, must I put up with unbelief and doubt in our generation. Or if you're here this morning or listening online and you're not a Christian, Jesus is saying, how much longer must I put up with your unbelief? You know better. You've heard about me so many times. You know what I'm able to do. You know who I am as not just the son of man, but the son of God. You know I'm the savior of the world. How much longer do I have to put up with you before you come to saving faith? You need to stop doubting. And I would pray, if you're in this boat, God, help me overcome my unbelief. And maybe some sitting here this morning, because God has not been answering your prayers in the way that you would like him to answer them. Maybe that needs to be your prayer as well. Oh, God, help me overcome my unbelief. You come to Christ and you believe. You come to Christ, but you not only believe, but you also pray. And, and just make this your prayer. All of us. Make this your prayer as you, as you prepare to leave this morning, as you go through another week. God, help me overcome my unbelief. Forgive me when I doubt, when there are doubts in my mind, even while I'm saying the words that I speak to you. Help me to be the kind of Christian that I, can, that I believe in your power, that you're able to do all things, that there's nothing you cannot do, and that everything is possible for the one who believes. That's the kind of Christians God wants us to be. Believe. Pray. Never doubt God. Turn it over to God. You cast your cares on him and he'll take care of you. Believe, pray, 
All things are possible for the one who believes. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We hear another story about the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. And we hear the importance about believing. And we hear the importance about praying. Thank you, Father, for the faith that you've given so many listening this morning. Forgive us at times when we doubt your power and your ability, when we try to put limits on what you're able to do. Help us to to firmly believe and to embrace the truth that everything is possible for the one who believes. Help us to believe that and to pray that way, no matter what anyone here this morning is going through right now, because some are going through a difficult time, whether it's a healing that they need, whether it's taking care of a financial problem, whether it's restoring a relationship, a marriage, where it's just some situation in their life that's taken them down. We know that you have the power and the ability to take care of it, to change it, to transform it, to fix it. And we pray this morning that we may believe that and pray that way, awaiting your response. Because with you as our God, all things are possible. We believe. Help us 